Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome in a man who knows how to catch deflections for touchdowns. This former first-round wide receiver played seven years in the NFL, accumulating 260 grabs for nearly 3,500 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. And just because he felt like it, he added 118 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Played his college ball at the Oklahoma University, where he was a two-time All-American and first-team Big 12 with a BCS National Championship to boot. You love him. We're talking to the Boomer Sooner, the Boomer Sooner, Ravens Flock member, and Highlight Machine, Mr. Mark Clayton. How's it going, man? Oh, man. It's great. It's great. Love you. Of course, man. So... I want to start off by saying I watched a lot of your highlights and uh, you had a lot of great catches in your career, a lot of good highlights. So I'm interested, was your favorite catch the little toe tapper you had uh, against Carolina off the deflection? Was it your one-hander against Cincinnati or that Moss job you did against that Vikings DB? Did you have one specifically? Ooh, uh, I like the, the one-hander, the one-hander. Sure, like it was uh, it was that smooth. It was it was crazy, like as smooth as it was. And then for the 70-yard bomb, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, you, that was it was. Uh, I had to watch it a few times. You just brought that in like nothing. In that um, Cincinnati game, you went five for one sixty-four and one. So best, best, arguably best receiving game, and that nice catch, man. You were just the man that Sunday. Yeah, but um, so then I think that's the game you also had a. uh, Did you have a throwing touchdown at game two? To uh, your buddy Derek Mason. Yeah. So, so your passing stats for your career: you're two of five for thirty-two yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. So we like to dwell on the positive. (laughs) So, all right. So I'm gonna. I'm going to take us back to your college days here and awesome career at Oklahoma for legendary coach, Bob Stoops. You redshirted your first year in 2000, stepped on the scene in 2001, but you really exploded in 2003 where you were an all American and all big 12. What did you learn your first few years that made you uh, basically rewrite all your school records that you did that year? Um, You know, it was, it was a combination of things, like um, partly my, you know, mental, like what what I understood about the game because I was a quarterback in high school, and so just under knowing coverages, knowing how you know to get open where the hole was, and then um, you know for me, my the thing that set me apart was my quickness, like being super sudden, changing direction and whatnot, and uh, ultimately it was you know having fun, and then you know been in that system the way you know leach kind of you know built it and passed it on to mark and mangini like it was um it was just like a perfect mesh a perfect combination because you know them allowed me to to be me and um take chance 
passes and you know cut back and reverse field like do different look you know stuff like that that some coaches they don't like uh allow me to to excel and you know just take something short and turn something you know 20 30 40 40 yards or, or even a touchdown and you know that them continuing to feed it you know to me with the great you know core rally just allowed you know, you know, me to just have a lot of fun. And, you know, Coach Spurrier was uh, really cool. Spurrier Jr., he was a really, really cool receiver coach. I uh, had a lot of fun with him, and he taught me a, a number of things just in regards to, you know, releases most is what I remember most working with him. And then Daryl Wyatt, um, working with him, I, I remember, you know, spending a lot more time at the tops of routes, um, you know, focusing on, you know, the point uh, separate where you want to get separation and then time it up, time it up, you know, the move or whatnot. Um, and just the combination of that and then getting stronger and faster, just, you know, sent it you know, over the top. Yeah, man, it, it really contributed because obviously you were you were building such a, a great case to be drafted high. And, and I mean, that year alone, you had 83 grabs, 1,425 yards, um, and 15 touchdowns, which smashed all your old school records, and you won the Bitlinikoff Award. So, um, what point did you realize that you were the yak daddy, and you just got all those yards after catch? Uh, you should have seen my high school tape. <laughs> I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. I was going to ask about that. I got a. Uh, I got one of my. I got to get some. One of my teammates has has some the tape from high school, man, and I got I got to go over there and get some. But uh, if you remember, you can look up a guy named Peter Ward um, in high school. That was the guy that I looked up to. He wore number nine at Florida State. And then I wore number nine at Oklahoma. A lot of that influence, you know, me wearing number nine. But um, in high school, that's that's where it began, I, I believe. Like, coaches just saw this little bitty dude. I was only like 150 pounds, but I was just really quick and, you know, I for me, I, I didn't like getting touched, so I wasn't gonna get touched or tackled. Uh, and so a lot of that yak came from, it really came from that. Um, and then you know, getting up there and, and having the coaches there uh, really push that and say like, you know, do what you do. We're gonna get you the ball, and that, you know, do what you gotta do. Um, just freed me to to just go get it. <laughs> So, Mark, I was looking at your highlights, and there was a guy that made a highlight of all of your touchdown catches in the NFL. And I just – I noticed how good you were adjusting to the ball, whether it's a deflected pass, slowing down your route, or adjusting to the ball in midair. How did you get so good at that? Like, what drills did you do to just have that hand-eye coordination? Did that come naturally? Uh, like – we, I mean, I did a, a ton of ball tracking drills. I can't tell you how many balls I caught um, before practice, obviously during practice, and after practice, and then in the off season, and so on and so forth. Um, but and then on top of that, what I you know come to know now, looking at so many different receivers across the board, and you know now uh, part time coaching and looking at a lot of young guys, um, it's partly a mentality too. Um, you know, just. There's dudes that are what we would call, I'll, I'll call like a dog, and they're, they're not afraid of anything. And once the ball's in there, it's theirs, nobody else's. Uh, and there's guys that are not that. Um, and so I, it was, you know, to me, it was like, man, it was, a, it was a combination of, I didn't, it, once the ball went up, it was mine. And I didn't, I didn't shit who was there. And then on top of that, <laughs> catching 10, 
hundreds, like thousands and thousands of balls. Uh, so much that it was just the muscle memory was just what it was. I mean, even when I ran my routes, I always ran like my hands were always like slightly bent, like as if I'm a, I'm catching it. So that was even my running motion. And so with that it was just so, so many repetitions that you know the ball goes up, and someone like can catch it with your eyes closed. But um, that and that mentality just. It's up there, it's mine, and nobody else's, period. And yeah, man. Right, I still got it. Right. <laughs> so, so going off of that, so you had all those reps, all those numbers, and that carried over to you being a first-round draft pick, number 22 by the Ravens, who are live in our backyard a mile down the road. Do you remember draft night, and do you remember the amount of alcoholic beverages you consumed that day? <laughs> Let me see. I, I remember draft night, and you know it, it was so much going on that I actually didn't take a shot. I didn't even. I didn't even do it. Like, really? I'm just like literally today is the first time I thought of it. Like I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not cheer. I didn't have a drink. Oh uh, man! I was gonna say you were of legal age, right? Huh? I said you were of legal age too, right? When you got drafted. Yeah, 22. Like, that's just, I didn't, I, I never thought about that. But I did not take a shot when I got drafted or a drink, have a drink. Uh, whiskey or nothing. Shit. But I did when I got to Baltimore. We celebrated. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Matt, as long as you get the celebration in, I, I, I can't imagine that feeling. Um, so then we dive into your, your first year. A little slow because of injuries, but you really picked it up the latter part of the season. And I read it was a lot of because uh, due to your friend Chris Panazzo. Uh, can you talk about specifically like what he did with you during the rehab process to to finish the year like you did? Because you really kind of exploded once you came back. Well, Chris, yeah, Chris, uh, he did a lot of. It was different at the time to me. A lot of isometric stuff, um, and you know, been been able to come back and uh, ultimately like. Uh, when I got injured, like the there was a lot of instability, and so a lot you know a lot of the work that was done you know really built the stability and balance, uh, which ultimately led to me being stronger and having you know strength. Um, and then at that point, you know, as a professional athlete, a lot of you know the mental makeup is can be there, but if your body can't respond or your body you know can't you know do what you're thinking or hold up or whatnot, it doesn't matter. And so for it to come together, uh, I mean, led to just, you know, being able to, to do it and do it at a very high level and, and be successful, have a lot of successful, successful plays at that. Yeah, that's that's great. And, and like, I mean, it really carried over, man, because your second year, arguably the best of your career, you had almost 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. You were the deep threat. What was I already heard you talk about being a dog, and you were a dog that year. So is that was that your mentality? You're like, man, I'm just about to just like truck over everybody. I'm gonna catch every ball. I'm gonna moss them. I'm gonna do whatever. Like, was that your mentality, especially at that point? Absolutely, absolutely. Every time I stepped on the field, from I mean, and it was uh, that that kind of click. Uh, um, it was all fun in high school, early in college, and then my my junior year actually that explosion, that part clicked being a dog and, and like truly dominating and and working in a way to be so efficient um, that no matter who, was it, who, who it was, even if they did make a play, they didn't make a play, they, they got lucky. And then I was going to be back and I was going to get your ass. Uh, uh, 
that happened my junior year of college. And, um, you know, from there, obviously in the NFL, that was that was the case. This is Jay. Say hi. Oh, now the interview's <laughs> even better. We get the daughter in it, too. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark, I know this is a random question, but I was looking at your stats. In 2005, you had eight carries for 33 yards. Then in 2006, you had seven for negative 30. They didn't have you do any rushes in 2007. And then 2008, you had six for 81. Did they say after that seven for negative 30 year, hey, man, just take a break. We'll reevaluate that this next year. Because you had wheels. And I feel like it's more of the play of call, but it's just interesting that they didn't give you any of the year after. Yeah, man. I, You know, I – you know, I, I was always like with Ozzy, like, hey man, I mean, y'all dropping me over twenty-two. I feel like there should be at least like ten attempts, in moderate, some way, like a handoff or balls going ten a game, like, <laughs> period. And um, you know, with those those rushes, negative yards, you know, it happens. When you know, for me, it's I'm sure I can't remember, but I'm sure you know it was me trying to make a play or trying to. You know, get out of trouble, or somebody came through quick, and now you got to reverse or whatever it was. Let's fly. Just try to figure it out. But uh, right, you know, I don't know, you know, why we didn't run it or do any a lot of reverse stuff anymore. Um, That's uh, why. But That's all my flights. All my flights. Oh, it won't <laughs> so, Wes, we got a few more for. Or go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, you good. Um, so we got a few more for you. So. One of my last ones I want to ask you is, you caught passes in Baltimore from Steve McNair, RIP, and Joe Flacco. And you also caught a, a couple from Sam Bradford when you were with St. Louis at the time. Do you remember which quarterback you liked playing with the most? And was the difference uh, in styles like a, a hard factor playing receiver for these guys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a difference in regards to, you know, running your routes. Like the routes were the routes. Um, those go across all offenses schemes and then the timing on them is you know that's the same um and then but i i I loved playing with aaron mcnair um you know real and he was you know at that point in his career i want to say it was 13 or 14 years in or whatever but his uh his demeanor was was awesome like he he was the most careless guy in the world uh and also the most ferocious guy at the same time which is, I, you know, it was crazy, but I called him Pops, and uh, <laughs> during the game, it was just, you know, and to that, to the all those stats, like sometimes he would just tell me to do something, you know, hey, just, just go do this, and or we, I would just do something, you know, off off key, off you know base, and he would just get it. Like we just had a vibe that was dope. Uh, I was. You know, obviously sad when he got hurt and then ultimately retired. But um, no, man, it was I, I love playing with Ed McNair. Uh, Sam, I really enjoy. He was probably the most accurate uh, to God. Like he could put a ball through a keyhole. Like he was he was ridiculously accurate, even without an offensive line, which was crazy because we didn't. I mean, he was he got hit a lot early and often most of his career, and he's not a running quarterback, so that that didn't work out that great. Um, and then, uh, Joey, Joey was also, I, yeah, Joey, he was awesome. Um, I would have loved for, you know, uh, you know, Cam early to allow him to make more mistakes, give him more leash 
Um, I feel like he would have grew into uh, what he what he did on the Super Bowl run. I, I feel like we would have saw that earlier uh, in his career, just in regards to his ability to make plays down the field. Because I mean, he had it. Um, you know, as a rookie, really. Um, and, and so I, I, I say, you know, Eric McNair is my favorite. Um, thank you, baby. Eric McNair is my favorite. Um, my, yeah, Eric McNair is my favorite. So Mark, my last question goes into your business ventures post-career. I read that you grew up and you wanted to be an architect. And so you designed your own uh, headphones to live. I apologize if I butchered it. And you also have your own brand. So where were the where was the inspiration behind these ideas? Um, so the headphones happened. Um, I remember, I, like, I broke a pair of headphones in pregame warmups versus the Eagles when I was there in Baltimore. And then uh, when I had my ruptured patella tendon in, in St. Louis, I just had a lot of time on my hands. And then the rehab that I was doing, I did a lot of pool work. Uh, and so I wanted to wear my headphones in the pool and I, you know, I didn't want to, them to fall off in the pool cause they would be done. Um, and I like over ear headphones. The beats was what I wore. Love the big bass, big sound. And then as I was thinking about it, they always, they would move all over the place. And if they got the water, they were done. And so in my mind, I was just like, well, I don't understand why there's an over ear headphone that's designed specifically for training and something that's really durable. And so that's where the concept came from and went and started sketching and that started the journey and I ended up all the way in Dongo in China printing, you know, getting headphones printed and now I have a, a you know, a limited quantity of, of headphones that I sell. Uh, and I'm actually probably in a, a year, year and a half from now, I'll probably work get started on uh, version number two. Um, you know, I don't have Apple pockets and so with that, it, it for me, it's, it's more like you have to be patient and, and know, you know, your time and uh, and hit when you think, you know, it's right. And so for me, I think about a year from now, I'm moving to the second version. So you were kind of, you were the beats before beats. <laughs> no, I mean, Dre was involved in the beats process. Back in you know oh seven oh eight was when it really came on the scene. Okay, but he was he was involved in actually the the the, the aesthetic and sound obviously uh, process. Uh, he didn't sketch it you know obviously from the ground up, but I did that. That was in twenty thirteen. I was out. I left St. Louis. Um, so twenty thirteen fourteen was the beginning um, of of kind of me concepting and then getting to an industrial designer. I actually manufactured uh, over in Don Juan. That was um, the early 2017 when I was well, with the manufacturers. So now here we are. Well, I'm definitely. I, I know what uh, I'm going to be asking for. You said it's next year. It's coming out. No, next year we'll start. I'll start developing. I'll start concept. I have. A, I have a concept already. Uh, I've put together, but uh, the, the whole product design. I'm, oh, thanks, baby. Um, Gum. <laughs> what you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, product design, product design, and, and uh, go to market strategies. It's you know fairly long. It takes about six months uh, to you know really get a product in and design. Can and you open? Through, uh, can you open it? Oh yes, I can open it. Open. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. Uh, get a product and ready to go to market. So. 
Well, so I'm gonna be keeping. I'm gonna be keeping a tab on it because when it, I see it's gonna drop, I'm gonna ask my fiance. That's gonna be my Christmas present. That when I see those drop, so I'll definitely be keeping a tab on that. But we'll we'll get you out of here on this, man. So we like to have a little bit of fun here, kind of keep things loose. So I was gonna ask you a couple rapid fire questions, kind of this or that, and then uh, you know, and then just something a little different, hopefully that you haven't been asked before. Okay. Okay. All right. So first one, score a touchdown or have touchdown-like headphones when you drop them as far as how awesome they are? Uh, today's touchdown-like headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. All right. Coke or Pepsi? I'm going to guess. Pepsi. I'm going to guess some. All right. Ben Affleck or Christian Bale is Batman? Um, Bill. My man, that's a good choice. All right. Would you rather sleep in the closet at your friend's house or sleep in a bed at your boss's house? Closet at my friend's house. All right. (laughs) Have a one-minute conversation with your past self or your future self. Oh, which self is having the conversation? Yeah, you're having conversation now with either your future self, be like, "Hey, you got to do this," or your past self, be like, "You got to do this," type of thing. Future self. Give them like the lottery numbers or something like that. I feel that. <laughs> All right, I got I got a few more for you. Would you rather be a a cat with a human face or a dog with human hands for paws? A dog yep. with human. Hands. <laughs> I was gonna say he's a dog on the field. He's there you go. Yeah. Fulfill your biggest wish or resolve your biggest regret? Biggest wish. All right. Yep. I got last three here. Clog the toilet on you and your wife's first date or clog a toilet in the locker room? Locker room. (laughs) Then all your teammates hate you, though. All right, uh, fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? 100 horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? 100 uh, duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Um, one horse-sized duck. And you think you just take them down? How do I, do it? I think I can get one of that because I got two. I can, get, I can get one for sure. All right, I like that. I'll take uh, duck. All right, so last one. Sneeze every time you say the word who or have the urge to pee every time you say when. That urge to pee is bad. Who or when? <laughs> the urge to pee is bad. My pee hurt when I get like that. So, yeah, sneeze. <laughs> hey, Mark, really appreciate having you on the show and giving us your time. It was an absolute blast to be able to talk to you, man. Absolutely. If you want to make sure... Yeah, of course. And if you aren't already... Make sure you're following this this guy. I'm sure you're a, a terror on the flag football field too. So if they're not seeing you out there, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Clayton.mc. Awesome follow. Thanks again, man. Make sure you watch his YouTube touchdown highlight. It's like four minutes, but it's gonna be the best four minutes of your day. <laughs> Appreciate it, Dave. Appreciate it, Dave. Awesome. Thanks, man. Take care. All right, man. Have a good one.